0: This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio.
1: I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it, because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will.
0: I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame.
2: Achievement or a new milestone, they're not just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're gonna have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like...
0: Now... To your hosts. All right, Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Another week, another show. And we are a full crew. Again, Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, uh, and myself, of course, Jared Skelly here on Red Sox Beat. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh if you haven't already, please do. We appreciate it. the the gestures and the kind words. Um, don't forget, of course, our show is brought to you by Blue Apron as well. Uh, if you go to Red Sox, uh, our Red Sox beat URL, so it's blueapron.com backslash Red Sox beat, you're going to get your first three meals for free. Um, and with free shipping, it's very exciting, so go there, check out the menu, it's awesome. Um, what's going on, guys? we got some good baseball going on as we record.
2: Yeah, very good. It's uh, the tie game, a crucial game for the Cubs to win, and I'm just still happy that baseball's on right now.
1: Yeah, well, it could not be on by the time we're done with the show, but, you know, I guess that's the life of a uh, show and scheduling, because you can't control it. And uh so, yeah, this will help you meaningless probably by the time people are listening to this, but, hey, it's all oh, good. Oh,
0: Mr. Cranky Pants, sound like me.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> no, just a fact. <laughs>
0: um, unfortunate I, fact,
1: we can't, we can't do anything about.
0: I th- I think the Cubs will win this game. Um... Chris Bryant just hit a home run, correct? I'm not actually sitting here watching it, so I know you guys are. Um,
1: First and third no outs for the Cubs.
0: Very exciting, but it's all right. Cleveland's still going to win the World Series, so that's okay. Um, a lot to get to, obviously, despite it only being the World Series and there's only one game going on still a lot to talk about. Um, just quickly, just run down, because you, you are the recap king yourself here, um, just run down what we've missed so far this week, what, what we've seen between the Indians and the Cubs.
1: It's pretty fun being called King. <laughs> all hail the Recap King. The Recap King. Yeah, um, series got off underway on Tuesday, and Cleveland won the first game 6 nothing. Corey Kluber was dominant. John Lester was not dominant. Sorry for all you John Lester fans like all of us. Um, yeah, the Cubs got seven hits, but they couldn't score any runs. Um, home runs, two home runs by Roberto Perez for the Indians to make it 3 nothing and 6 nothing. so he single-handedly took them out. Kluber had nine strikeouts in six innings, only four hits. And uh, all of a sudden, it was one nothing Indians, and they got off to a good start. Um, but the Cubs came back, stole one in Cleveland, which seemed good at the time. 5-1 uh, final, Cubs won game two. Jake Arrieta had a no-hitter for a little while. Um, it was five or so innings. He finished at only five and two-thirds. He kind of got taken out soon after his no-hitter was gone. But he held him down. Uh, Trevor Bauer only went three and two-thirds innings. They kind of spread it out for a while. And uh, the Cubs ended up taking it. Cleveland only got four hits. So they tied it at one. And then uh, good things happened for the Indians and not so good for the Cubs. Um, They went (laughs) to Chicago. Everyone was excited about the first game in Chicago. And Cleveland broke their hearts with a one to nothing win, which was obviously a really close game, really a really good game, and uh, 13 hits combined, but one run. That's it. Eight hits for the Indians, five for the Cubs. This game was Josh Tommen and Kyle Hendricks. They both didn't give up any runs, but they neither of them pitched five innings. Their, their managers were being super careful. Tommen only threw 58 pitches, and Hendricks only threw 85. And uh, Andrew Miller came in inning and a third scoreless. Uh, Brian Shaw came in inning and two-thirds scoreless. And then Cody Allen, inning and a third scoreless. They completely shut him down. Got some strikeouts. Um, Cubs couldn't hit anything, which is kind of a trend for the series. And uh, the Indians got one run, a Coco Crisp RBI single. That was it. It's a one nothing win for Cleveland. Took a 2-1 lead. Took home field right back from the Indians. I mean, from the Cubs. And then uh, game four... Was last night as of record date, which would be Saturday night, and um, that game wasn't so close, seven to two final. Um, it was Corey Kluber against John Lackey, Kluber pitching again. Um, the Cubs didn't go for John Lester in this game. Indians won seven to two. The big blow was a Jason Kipnis three-run homer that made it seven to one after it was four to one. So another really good outing for Kluber. John Lackey didn't have it. Cleveland up three to one, as we said as we speak. Um, Cubs actually took a lead, 2-1 to one now, in the fourth inning in Game 5 of the World Series. 3-1 to one Indians, and as I was just thinking earlier, um, you know, we'll know what happens soon, but if the Indians do win this game in Chicago, they'd win the World Series on Chicago's field, winning all three games in Chicago, a team that hasn't seen a World Series game in their house in 71 years. That would be a huge gut punch. I would love it. It'd be kind of funny. Uh, um, um,
0: you're,
1: really, you're really brutal on the Cubs. I know. <laughs> it's for it's funny somebody who wanted to I, win the World I
2: Series at the beginning them. of the season, you're
0: all like, no. I, I'm okay. I'm rooting for the underdog at this point. I like the story. I, and, and I, Terry I mean, Franks they're not know. the
2: underdog anymore.
0: The Cubs I, are the I, underdog. <laughs> I mean, coming into the series, they were the underdog. so I'm not. They, should, they shouldn't have been, though. Oh, no, for, um, I agree. Not at all. But um, Cubs were the best team in baseball, so that they weren't going to be the underdog. But that being said, you're right, though. Lester and Lackey didn't look like themselves lackey especially um and of course obviously the indians jumped on that on saturday but um overall the indians just look more comfortable at this position they look more poised being in the big spots and the cubs have had their chances so far in the series and it's just they're not capitalizing on situations that they capitalized on all year Uh, runners in scoring position opportunities to kind of break games open or come back into games and they're up 2-1 now but It just seems like, for some reason, I don't know if the stage is too big, the lights are too bright, like, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like they're not playing the same brand of baseball they have all year.
2: Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on. It seems like the last, you know, two games, really, they've just kind of fallen apart, and like you said, they're not capitalizing on their chances that they have. And, I mean, obviously, they have to win. The Cubs have to win tonight to keep their season alive, and it's just, I mean, it's... I go back to Andrew Miller, like, I don't think there's anything that guy can't do. He'll pitch 46 pitches every game if he had to.
1: Yeah, he's had an unreal postseason. He finally, he gave up his first run of his postseason career last night after 24 innings. He had 15 scoreless innings in this this, this playoffs this year. is just worn out, and he's pitched and done it every single time. And, I mean, really, it just seems like everyone's intimidated. By, I mean, he comes in the game, and they're like, oh, I don't know how to hit. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. So good, he's so good now. It,
0: yeah, it's like it's like they just see him and go, okay, well, we're done. That sucks.
1: Yeah. So, uh, he's just he's just dominant.
0: Uh, is if they win the World Series, and obviously it's looking like that's going to be the direction it's trending to, but um, is he hands down World Series MVP?
1: Well, I mean, normally it uh, normally you'd say no in the in a in a series because. Relievers shouldn't have that much impact, but he's the one who does. So I think if you're going to make an exception for that, that never happens, this would probably be it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you can't really give it to anybody else. I'm sure, you know, there's Kitness and Chesney Hall, but you think of how early Miller comes into the games and think of his role. He's a relief pitcher. He you knows so maybe he comes in the seventh, eighth inning, maybe the sixth, the earliest. He's coming in the fourth, third. He'll come in the first. Like, he'll just do. He'll do whatever it takes and I think like just said, he really has been the impact on this series.
0: Yeah, and I think he I think he is. I think watching what he's done over obviously with the NLCS and now obviously it doesn't factor in for the World Series MVP, but I just think that he's consistently trending upwards still. Um, and I think that he could be pitching for he could pitch for two more months. I don't think he's hired, which is crazy how much they're using him. So um I have to think that he's going to come into play at some point tonight and if the series keeps going all the way through. Um, he's a big reason why they're still here because he's been able to shut them down with the pitching, not, the starting pitching not being there because of injuries and things like that. Yeah, their starting pitching has been good, but he's been a big reason why they've been okay even when they haven't gone deep into games because they're comfortable with pulling a pitcher in the fifth inning and letting him go two or three innings.
1: Their pitching is incredible. It's just amazing. Like we talked about in the last two series and the last show, of just how how few runs they've given up. And then again, in this series, like I said, nothing for the Cubs in the first game, nothing for the Cubs in the third game, two in the fourth game. They've barely scored at all. And the the Indians have five shutouts in 12 games in the postseason. That's absurd.
2: Yeah, I think absurd is an understatement.
1: (laughs) It's the most ever already. And the World Series isn't even over. I mean, it's not. They, they didn't get a shutout tonight, but if the series goes further, they could get another one. Yeah, and
0: it's, okay, so
1: it's just
2: it's it's ridiculous. Like this this series is why we love baseball, and everything you could ever want in a series is happening through the, these first five games.
0: Do you guys think this? I'm obviously this is something that's going on right now. But do you guys think they they win this game and it moves on to at least six?
2: Well, it has to go at least six if they win. If the Cubs win tonight,
0: no, I'm, I'm asking you. Do you think they win?
2: Oh, they yeah, I think they're going to win tonight. And you know, I, I originally said Cubs in seven, um, and I'm going to stick with that. I mean, it's hard, but and, wow. you know, either way, I'm happy with whatever team wins. You know, I'm not rooting for a specific team, but I mean, I do want to see the Cubs win just because you know we know how it feels for a streak to go on this long, but not like the Indians haven't had a long streak of their own either. So it's but, been a
0: while for the Indians too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a while for both teams and, I mean, this has been such a great series. I've been locked in all series and I'm I'm still sticking with Cubs in seven.
1: I feel terrible for the the Cubs if they do lose just because it's been forever and they're so close but, like, the Indians have played better all postseason. I mean, the Cubs have had a good postseason too before the World Series but the Indians have been locked in all postseason and, they're continuing to do it here. They don't give a crap who it is, who they're playing, where they're playing with their pitchers out. They don't care. They just keep winning. They just, I don't know. So for some reason, this cast of characters, you know, they've come together and just like not cared about anything. Like underdogs, guys, no one's heard of a bunch of random guys on a team that are just incredible led by the best manager in history of baseball. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yep. Oh man. I, I think that, um, Looking at the Indians, they, they, they've been labeled as the underdogs the entire playoffs, and it's crazy to think that because if it wasn't for um, Carrasco and Salazar going out in the first place, they wouldn't have been um, because they were so good all year. A lot of people were picking them throughout the year to be the, the favorites to go to the World Series. So being an underdog was a last-minute kind of label because of the pitching situation. So um, are you guys shocked by what they're doing?
2: I mean, I guess after everything we saw in the regular season and what they did in – Leading up to this, no, I'm not. I'm not really at all.
1: I'm shocked because they haven't really been a playoff. They haven't really been a good playoff team since they won a World Series in '48. They really haven't done that much when they've gotten there. They haven't gotten past. You know, haven't gotten past a certain point, and this just made no sense because they lost their really good players. I mean, Kluber's been huge, and you know, Bauer's come up big, and Josh Tomlin's come up huge, and just big hits at the right times. It's just. I don't know. Yes, it is shocking because when you look at their roster, it doesn't really look like it should be that good of a team.
0: Yeah, and look, I I love the veteran presence. Obviously, um, for some of the older guys who are on this team, but um, like you said, Jess, looking at the roster, they shouldn't be that good. And looking at the way they were coming in, I mean, a lot of people picked the Red Sox to beat them because of the injuries and because of the rosters and things like that, and it just didn't happen. This team, as much as the Cubs are special because of what they did all year, this team has that it factor to it. Um, Almost like, almost like the 2013 team that won for the Red Sox. They just have that factor, you know? Um, They don't really
1: seem to care about anything. They don't care about like the big moment. They don't care about the history, what's happened in the past. Like they just don't seem to care about pressure is what it seems like.
2: no. No, they, they don't. And I mean, I think, you know, right now they're kind of showing it. They've, I feel like, I don't know what's going on right now with this game, but it's a totally different team than the last two games. And I don't know if they woke up and they're just like, okay, we need to focus on what we need to do because our season's going to end if we can't figure this out.
1: Yeah, that's the thing with the Cubs. Like, they seem to need, like, wake-up calls. Like, they get down 2-1 to one in the NLCS. They get down 3-1 to one in the World Series. So, like, they, they don't seem to just, like, be on all the time. And The Indians this entire postseason have been on all the time, every game.
0: Yeah, no, they have, and the Indians haven't stopped. <laughs> you know, like, like you said, the Cubs kind of seem like they're, they go when they have to. The Indians go all the time. Um, so, I mean, it's intriguing. Obviously, the Cubs are winning at the moment, and um, they seem like they're playing a little better and more comfortable, so we'll kind of have to see. But um, overall, guys, I think that the baseball hasn't been bad. You know, like obviously the Indians won 7-2, but the game was still fun to watch until obviously the Indians broke it open. But um, the, the baseball itself hasn't been bad to watch.
1: No, it's been pretty. It's been a pretty good series. I mean, obviously, if you look at four games and teams won three of them, it doesn't seem that close. But they have been close games and, you know, some low-scoring games. And, you know, like like you said, Jared, the 7-2 game was closer until <laughs> until they <laughs> broke it open with the home run. So, yeah, it's been a good series. I think it's a series that should go longer. But, you know, even if the Cubs win tonight, it just seems like so far at the innings are just better for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, I mean, the series... I mean, I said it earlier, it's just it's had everything that we want to see in a series and it's good pitching and it's good offense at times and it's just I mean it's if it ends tonight, I'd be really I'd be shocked that it went five because I do think it's gonna go I think I mean I think it's gonna go seven, but I mean, what more could you want for in a series like this besides the Red Sox?
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously you want the Red Sox in it if you can, but um I, I just think that it's been good. It's been fun to watch, and I think that overall, um, even if the series does end tonight, I still think you've seen good baseball, and it's been, been edge-of-your-seat baseball, obviously, with all the storylines and things like that, too. So um, I definitely don't think that um, it's been a bad brand of baseball. Um, overall, I, wish, I hope it goes seven only because I don't want baseball season to be over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that being said, um, I think we have a lot to look forward to with the rest of the series if it, if it isn't over tonight. Um, and, and obviously we just broke down a little bit of the World Series. All that was brought to you by Audible. And, uh, again, we love having Audible on as a sponsor, and it's great. So definitely go check them out. Um, let's flip it over to the Cubs side, guys, real quick here, because we quickly touched on Lester and Lackey. Um, not being too great, Lackey didn't look good at all for the most part, kind of uncontrolling, um, What's going on with these guys? Because usually Lester Lester is stones this time of year. This is why you bring him in. This is why we all want him to come back. Um what's going on with Lester and Lackey?
2: I don't think it's so much what's going on with them as it is the Indians just figured out how to get to them early and figured out how just keep getting hits and runs off of them and you know, that's something that the Indians needed to needed to do, especially with Lester and Lackey on the mound, because we obviously know what they're capable of and what they can do. And it's not often that you know that they get that they that the teams can get to them because of what the the stuff they have, but I think the Indians just got to them, I don't think it's nerves or like a big stage because they're both used to it, but the Indians just they know what they're doing
1: I think the real reason is that they're not in the Red Sox anymore. No, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no I think you hundred percent nailed it I think that that's that was the key they got they got to him right away you know they scored runs off Lester in the. First couple innings in Game One, and they got to John Lackey early too. And then tonight on the game that's happening right now, they got the home run off Lester early again. It's it's they keep getting runs early. I think that's that's how to get to those guys because if they settle in, then they're they're going seven or eight innings without giving up much. But if you get to them early, different story. Clearly, as we saw.
0: Yeah, and I, I look at the Lester and Lester and Lackey, and just think to myself, um, I haven't there haven't been major issues. Um, I think like what you said, Lauren, it's just been a matter of the Indians are hot, they're hitting the crap out of the ball, and when you don't have your 100% best stuff, this is what this team is going to do to you because of the way they're playing and because of they, they have that it factor right now. They believe in themselves more than anybody else has, and I still think they believe in their self more than anybody else has. I think a lot of people in this country still might think the Indians might choke this away, and I don't know why, um, Obviously, some people want them to, but I still think a lot of people around baseball and around as, as baseball fans might still think that the Indians aren't worthy of winning this, this, this series.
1: I totally agree. I think people just saw them as a certain team and just haven't accepted how well they've played and that they, they just deserve to win it. They're just kind of like, nope, they're not good. They're overrated. Nope, it's luck. It's, it's not real. <laughs> like, Wake up. It's real. It's <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah, so it, it, it is happening, obviously, and um, we're going to keep a close eye on it um, as the night goes on here. If anything crazy happens while we're recording, we'll tell you because you'll probably be watching it, though. But um, one thing that I know we wanted to talk about, and this is a huge if, huge if, um, if the Cubs can turn this around and go win in seven, like Lauren is boldly predicting, um, <laughs> do, does Theo Epstein become the greatest GM ever if he's not already?
2: I mean, you got to think yes, because he's so young still, and he still has a huge career ahead of him and a long career ahead of him. I mean, he can do this, especially until he dies. And he's only, what is he, 38 years old? He's not even 40 yet.
1: Is he still not even 40? No. I don't so. think so. Man, when did he get so young?
2: <laughs> no, he's 40.
1: He's Yeah, he's 42. You guys are crazy.
2: Oh, he's 42. Just, <laughs> he, he looks 38. If, if you're listening, Theo, you look 38. You look great. <laughs>
1: Be cool if Theo is listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: he's probably watching the game right now, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. Um, no, I think I think he would. I mean, he came in so young with the Red Sox, essentially turned them around, and then goes to the Cubs and look what he's done with them, and look where they are now. It's it's so much to accomplish, and not really a whole lot of time. And to think how much time he has left, if this is what he sticks with, just like how much more he can do, like how many more teams is he going to go turn around?
1: Yeah, I mean, he can. He probably still might go down as the best, even if they don't win this series. I mean, because they might win in the future. You know, they obviously have a good team at this point. So the fact that he turned around, turned them around to get to them, to the NLCS last year and the World Series this year, and everything. Then yeah, I mean, he's got a got a lot of years left. I mean, we might be jumping the gun on like greatest ever or whatever, but it's pretty incredible what he's done with two franchises. And who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll do it with the third franchise, depending on how long he does it. So
0: and look at the. Sp- Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. I thought
1: you were done. I was just going he's a, he's a bright guy. He's, he's obviously great at what he does, so definitely one of the best. I,
0: I think, too, um, you just have to look at the imprint he has, and we've talked about this on both the Red Sox and the Cubs. Um, his imprint is still felt here. The core of your team right now is our Theo guys, um, and obviously with the Cubs in that situation as well. So if he goes to a third team and does this again, then holy crap. <laughs> um, but I think that Because even if it's just – say he takes his time with the Cubs and then retires whenever he's done with being on the Cubs. Just what he's done with the Red Sox, leaving his imprint like he has now in the the core of the Red Sox, like I said, still being Theo guys. And then on top of that, going to the Cubs and eventually, if not this year, probably breaking another curse um, and and ending two droughts. I'm confident that's going to happen at some point, even if it's not this year. So what he's done, I, I can't imagine him not being considered the greatest general manager.
1: Yeah, it definitely helped him starting. So young at, what, twenty eight years old? just yeah. ridiculous. So I think that that kind of boosted him because he's already already done so much, and and he's barely, you know, as he said, forty two years old. So yeah, he's a he's a great GM. I think it would be even more impressive if he went to a third team, didn't have any of his future as uh, his, his uh, former Red Sox players, since he has so many of them now on this team. Completely clean slate, no former Red Sox players. Get a crappy team to the World Series again. Now we're really talking. I'm just being greedy at this point, but that yeah, would be... See, now
0: you're asking, like, the world for <laughs> him. When, when he's already given you, like, two power teams, um, who do, you really are being greedy.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm just hypothetically wondering.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're hypothetically being greedy? You want me to call it that?
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's a uh, man. That's what's up. He's yeah,
0: good. Man, I, I, I what love what Theo, Theo does for these teams. I love that he has... Um, he's been able to just kind of find the right people and... um. Pick the right people. He trusts the young guys. You know, he um, he trusted the fact that he had Addison Russell to be able to trade away Castro and all these other situations he has, and um, he's done well. So obviously, I, I mean, personally, I think he's the greatest GM of all time. I don't think it's gonna be a question, especially when he's done. Um, obviously, a long career left. We're not wishing him out of baseball because it'll be sad when he's out of baseball. Um, but I think that he will have that tag at some point. Um, flip it over, Cleveland Indians, because they look like they're gonna go win a World Series. If not tonight, then soon. Um if they do win, does that automatically make Tito a first ballot Hall of Famer? Does he is he already a first ballot Hall of Famer?
2: I mean I think he already was a first ballot Hall of Famer after he left Boston, but I mean what he's done with the Indians just kinda solidifies that too and I mean same thing with Tito, he could coach for a long time. He could be the next Jim Leland or whatever, but I mean, I think he's only going to continue to do big things, whether it's with the Indians or another team. I, mean, I think any team would be lucky to have him if the Indians don't keep him down the road for whatever reason. But yeah, I definitely think so.
1: Yeah, he's he's just amazing. This guy is <laughs> a great combination of of a lot of things. He's he, I mean, the main thing, baseball aside. Even you know, who cares what he did then? I, I mean, obviously that's what's going to get you in the Hall of Fame. But just how good of a guy he is and how fun he is and how much he, get along, he gets along with people and he just has a good time and that keeps everyone loose that keeps everyone wanting to play for him you know, take take away 2011 at the end of the season because that was just a train wreck from all sides and <laughs> like he, he was treated poorly, nothing really worked out in that situation but before that everything else, you know, he's a very respectful guy, He he just loves everybody, he's just such a good guy and what I'm about to read to you guys just kind of solidifies that an article just came out like, an hour ago, that Francona ate $44 worth of ice cream at 3.30 in the morning after Game 4.
2: That <laughs> is... Night. He is my spirit <laughs> animal. I want to That's do awesome.
1: that. This guy is crazy. He's so... He's so unique. You know, just the fact that he took, like, Don solo like, into the dugout and, like, started, like, giving him a nuggie and, like, throwing him around the dugout. Like, he's just... He does whatever he wants. He's so... He's such a unique guy, and he just doesn't care what people think, and he's just... He's just a fun dude. So to be that fun of a guy and that good of a guy and to get what he gets these teams to do, obviously, is a huge, you know, it's a huge um, factor in, in how he is as a person and a manager. And, you know, that's just it. He's a people person. And people want to play for him. So he gets a bunch of guys that have no business being here and has one win away from the World Series because he's that kind of person. He has a huge impact on the game. I don't think managers in general have that much of an impact on the game, which I've said on on previous shows. Oh, we know that. Having him here for so long, and then watching what he's doing with the Indians, he has a huge effect on what the team does. I definitely believe that.
0: Well, he, we know he's a huge players' manager. You know, we've seen it, um, and and all those little things that you see now, like 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 that story of the ice cream. That's great, actually. That's hilarious. Um, I know. <laughs> but like that situation, the whole riding the the scooter or the bike to work through the city when he first got there, um, the middle fingers to the cameras subtly, like all that <laughs> crap that yeah. we all lo- love and. That kind of attitude is why players love to play for him, and that's what makes a great manager. It's not the in-game decisions as much as those are important and all that stuff. What makes a great manager is being able to lead a clubhouse and keep guys loose in big moments and things like that. Um, and that's why he's won two World Series on the verge of a third and only one lost one playoff game.
1: You know, in his yeah, history, eleven and man. one as a manager—that's nuts in the World yeah. Series. That's unheard of. That right there, Hall of, Hall of Fame. I don't care what you've done in any other game of the rest of your career. <laughs>
2: I know, it's crazy to think he only has one loss in in playoffs, and most of those wins came with the Red Sox, so uh, it's just kind of cool to think about what he's done and how good he really is, and just, he does everything right on and off the field, and that includes ordering all that ice cream, so, I mean, that's Hmm. just perfect. Do we know what kind of
0: ice cream it was? Do we know what kind of ice cream it was, Jess?
1: Well, first, before I tell you what he got, he uh, the hotel asked him how many people this was for. <laughs> it was all for him. <laughs> did he
0: tell them? Just just me?
1: Yeah, he he did. And he said, he. I had the brownie sundae, I had two orders of chocolate, two orders of vanilla with chocolate sauce. And then to keep it kind of healthy, I ordered the berries. Oh, and a Diet Coke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, such a, he's such a child.
1: I know. And then he ate it all, and he said his uh 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Our life is not fun.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Oh, this guy's nuts. Yeah, I forgot about the scooter stuff, Jared. This all the stuff combined is absolutely nuts. Dude, the guys. scooter
0: stuff was like day one to his new gig. Like,
1: I know. He was so he was so into it, and he's just like so committed to like doing that. And wow, this guy's nuts. I love talking about him. He's such a fun guy to talk about.
2: He really yeah. is.
1: When he left, that was like the saddest day ever. That was like on par with Don Orsolo leaving.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> those two were both like the worst ever great guys
0: Ah, uh, the day tito retires is going to be very upsetting to me um because who knows how long he's going to manage so that being said all that world series stuff obviously we're going to we make sure we're up to date with everything don't forget to check out the written covers they're keeping you up to date as well um but all, all the world series talk tonight um All the recaps, everything like that, was brought to you by Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Uh, Blue Apron achieves this by, of course, supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Um, Some of the meals available in October, crispy chicken, melones with warm Brussels sprouts, celery, and potato salad. I actually love Brussels sprouts. Those are delicious. Uh, Thai green curry chicken and squash with yu choy, uh, jasmine rice and cashews, seared salmon with a fall vegetable hash, Apple brown butter dressing on top of all that. Like I'm just, my mouth is watering reading this. Um, Blue Apron's phenomenal, and uh, it's not all. of the ingredients are created equal. It's fresh, high quality ingredients. Uh, it makes a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. Of course, uh, for less than ten dollars per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. And now you have a chance to. Check this out yourselves. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. It's a great deal, of course, with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Red Sox Beat. Type that right in that URL bar. Uh, when you're going to blueapron.com, it's backslash the Red Sox Beat. you love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Again, that's blueapron.com slash Red Beat. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Uh, I know we all use it. I love it. Um, it's super easy as well. Everything's kind of right there in place, so um and i definitely. didn't
1: have an order of it this week and i i got home tonight and i was like man this would have been a really nice night to have that so when you don't have it you miss it which shows you how you good it is crave it yep so if you do get it you're gonna want to keep getting it because it's yeah. that good you heard i from...
2: could not i could not agree with you more <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like why i need this stuff right now i don't have this in my fridge <laughs> um
0: happened. along with the world series Obviously, that's the main focal point, but there is some Red Sox news to talk about as well, so let's do that. Let's talk about our Red Sox, because we haven't been able to do that. So, um, kind of cool story. David Ortiz was at Wrigley, or is at Wrigley, t- t- took in a game with Kevin Youkilis, old friend, old teammate. Um, nice to see him out and about, you know, not too upset, n- enjoying early retirement.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. It was on his Instagram yesterday that he was just taking in the game as a fan, like his first, his first game and watching as a fan, and... He's just so happy. He's just the cutest thing ever. I just, I don't, I want him to come back. I already miss him. And he, it's like, hasn't really sunk in that he's even gone.
1: No, it definitely hasn't. Yeah, I mean, he's David Ortiz. He can do whatever he wants. He can go wherever he wants. So he decides to go to Wrigley. And he's like, yeah, go to Wrigley and watch some baseball. As if he hasn't seen enough baseball in his life. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's always been, been a part of baseball. He's got boys on both teams, guys. Come on. He's got to be there for them all, right? Who do you think he really wants to win? He wouldn't say. Who do you think he really wants to
1: win? That's tough. I'm I'm trying to decide if he's more of a Frank Kona guy or more of a Lester guy.
2: I'm going with Lester just because his tweet when Lester he found out Lester was going to be wearing number 34. He's like, if you wanted my number to stay, all you had to do was ask. And <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's more of a Lester guy. As much as I'm sure I'm sure he adores Frank Kona just like any of us, but I think he's more of a, of a Lester fan.
0: I think he's rooting yeah. for the Cubs because like yeah. we've talked about he th- he knows what it's like to break a curse. Uh, he knows what it's like to be have that burden on your back, so he understands what that team is going through. I mean obviously like we said the Indians haven't won in a while either. Um but that I think he's rooting for the Cubs.
1: It's a big 30 years extra
0: on top of the already long <laughs> still, time. Still a long time. Was it what how many years is it? Like for the Indians it's
1: seven, uh it's 1948, something? so it's 78 years.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a insane. long time. Yeah, it's no, still long. Six, six, no,
1: 68 it's, 60, it's sixty-eight.
0: Uh, I was like, it wasn't seventy. I knew. I didn't think it was that close to the Red Sox. Um, right. Yeah, so I, I think he's rooting for the Cubs. Um, and and here's another
1: thing: John Lester did not get to break that curse in two thousand four because he wasn't in the league yet, so he could break his first curse.
0: That was part of the reason why he signed with the Cubs. Because, right. So
1: he could do that. Yeah. Because he
0: right. wanted. He under, He knew what if that they all got to feel that moment. and He didn't. So he want, He wanted to have that moment. That's part of the reason why he went to the Cubs in the first place.
1: That is very true. Mm -hmm. true.
0: Um, Other than David Ortiz, um, before we get to some news that might be more serious than people think, um, we do have three Gold Glove finalists. Uh, Jackie Bradley, Petey, and Mookie. David Ortiz did win the Hank Aaron Award this week as well. So Red Sox, despite the crappy loss, the crappy situation, are starting to see their, uh, their good season pan out right now with award situations.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely a nice reminder of that the season was, wasn't was a failure and it was a really good, solid season. Um, I think these three absolutely deserve to be finalists. Um, they both – I mean, they all showed what they can do. I mean, PD shows every year. He's won the thing four times. So we all know <laughs> what he's capable of at second base. Um, and then Mookie and Bradley Jr., I mean, we saw what they can do, the, the amount of field they can cover – in such a short amount of time, and just athletic plays they've made. It's, it's really not a surprise.
1: Yeah. I think they could all win it. I don't, I'm, I, I think Pedroia will definitely win it. Um, and I who think who has the best Brad, chance to win?
2: Who is the best chance to win? Uh, I
1: think Pedroia and Bradley, I think, I think they both have a great chance. I think they both get it.
2: I was going to say Pedroia and Mookie. Oh, really? Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> huh? Well, yeah, I mean, there's so much focus on Mookie's offense with, you know, possibly win MVP, but that's also defense, too. Yeah, I mean, really, I think all of them, I think they all have a fantastic chance. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they all got him.
0: Yeah, I think Pedroia has the best chance because he already he has won so many, and I think people expect it, so um, I think it's almost like, a, okay, here's another award. You know, like, Mookie Betts, it was good, but he wasn't amazing all year. Jackie Bradley could win it. I think he justifiably could probably win it. I think he will win it, too. Um, I could see all three of them winning it, but I don't know. Um, I still I think I give Pedrosa the best chance to win though,
1: um, for yeah. sure. But I think Betts has the least best chance, but I think he still might get it because he was extremely solid out there. And to win a Gold Glove in the outfield for him after being an infielder would be a really cool feat at his age. And then if he possibly wins MVP too, it'd be crazy. Which his stock might boost a little bit here with Ortiz getting An Aaron Award because now it's like oh well, Ortiz got the award for best hitter. Now you know hitter and the field. That's what MVP's for, and, you know, bets might get that. So, just with Ortiz winning that, I think that gives him an even better chance. I still want Ortiz to get MVP because I think that'd be an awesome way to end his career, but at least he got Hank Aaron. He was honored as the best hitter in the American League, which no doubt he was.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely was. Um, And obviously, we'll keep an eye on all the awards once baseball season's over, once those awards come out, we'll also keep an eye on all that. Um, One other piece of Red Sox news that really... Gives you an sense of what's going on here, I think. Um, Jason Veritek signed a new two-year deal with the Red Sox, broke by Jared Carabas in front of the show. Um, And it's also – the biggest thing here is is within that new contract, he's going to have a bigger presence with the players, more hands-on, less in the front office. Guys, this is it. He's the next manager. Like, that's what this says to me. Um, Because – Oh, I
1: thought thought they were signing him to catch. Uh, man
0: i mean that'd be cool too he's kinda, he, he got kind of fat so i mean i don't know if to
1: play. Well, he was always a big dude he's always a beachy dude he's pudgy now
0: though Oof. Um, he's very he, red he's he, he's that's because he's got some weight uh, um right now throughout his body did, did you remember speaking of his weight i remember i think it was a year ago or two years ago someone on twitter like commented to his wife on twitter about how big he's gotten and his wife responded dude the guy worked his Butt off for how many years for you guys? He's allowed to gain some weight. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's you know he's he's getting older and he's it's what happens in old age. And he's I'm sure he's not working out nearly as intensely as he was when he was with Boston. And you know you get comfortable in a marriage and around your wife and you just you don't know, blow up. So can't honey, wait for that. I, lo- for I love you. you the,
0: I love you the way you are, honey. <laughs>
2: well, that's the thing. I mean, no, she right. she loves him for his money, honey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Catherine. But yeah, no, I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: yes, I know her name. Um, I think we all Yeah, do. I mean, he was already a big dude, because he's a catcher, and he's 44 years old, and that's the age where you start to, you know, get a little bit yep. older, and, you know, if he wants to gain a little weight, then, you know, fine. He's 6'2", he's a pretty tall dude, he can gain some
0: weight.
1: <laughs> and if he wants um, to catch, then he's probably still a better catcher than anyone we have, so. <laughs> probably yeah. true. Probably We could true. probably uh, still
2: call a no-hitter, no problem. Right,
1: um, but no. In all, re- in all reality, what he's actually doing, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he'll be the next manager. We can dive into that. But just having him around the players more and having his catching influence, got to be a good sign.
2: I think it's gonna yeah. Be I G- think. Sorry, Catherine. I, I say I think having somebody like him, who's been a captain, who's been around young players, older players, who just and he already has such a veteran presence, the more he's hands on with players, I think it's going to benefit the team so much more than him just kind of taking a back a back seat to just the front office not really having a major role um i think this is a huge move and i don't really think it says he's going to be the next manager but i can definitely see him being a manager down the road whether it's for the red Sox or not
0: before i get to that because i do think it, that it's that sign but do you guys think that this is primarily for the catchers or is this a he's going to help us the team thing because i because the catching situation is kind of tough right now um and i think this is huge for christian vasquez and maybe even Blake Swihart, depending on what they do, play, their plan is for him. But I think this is huge for the younger catchers to really get a stronger presence in there because he understands, obviously, what it takes to catch successfully in this league and in this town. So I think primarily this moves here to help the catchers throughout the whole year. Yeah,
2: I yeah, agree. I think that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a prim- primarily for the catchers, but he's going to be definitely helpful to, to the team as a whole.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be huge for the catchers, and they might be especially using him to see – who was actually going to be on this team because there's so many of them and they're all, you know, kind of average. I mean, obviously, Sandy had a great year, but that was probably an outlier for <laughs> for what he is. That so was I an outlier, go. yes. Yeah, so they're all pretty average. So, like, maybe they're going to get him in there to really work with all of them and figure out who really is the answer and who we want cashing, who better than him. And I'm glad he's doing this, too, because I hate the front office crap. Who cares? Like, he was a player. He's not a front office guy. <laughs> like, put him in the field Get his influence of what he did, you know, for you know, his entire career. He wasn't a GM for his career. He was a catcher. So get him with the catchers on the field. I don't want him in the front office. That's, I hate that stuff. Like Pedro, why is he in the front office? Put him on the field. He's one of the best pitchers ever. Well, he's on T-
0: Well, he's on TV primarily, so.
1: Well, yeah, that's good. He deserves to be on TV. But, like, with all that kind of stuff, like, get him on the field with the players. I don't care about the front office. If you're doing management, fine, be in the front office. But if you're a player, you're a player. Talk to the players. Be with the players. It doesn't make any sense to do it otherwise. So. But, yes, catchers always make the best managers. So it does make a lot of sense in that regard.
0: The reason why I think that this signals next manager, um, one, because I, I just don't think Terry Lavullo is going to be here anymore because of the situation in Arizona. I think he's going to go there um, with, with everything happening with them, reengaging. and um, I, I just think it's just – doesn't it make sense that he's going to be the next Arizona manager?
2: Possibility. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, it does definitely makes a lot of sense. But I mean, just because it makes sense doesn't mean it's going to happen.
0: I mean, they're going to get a new manager, and Hazen, I'm assuming, is going to want Lululu. So I think it's a matter. I think it's going to end up being if Lululu wants to leave, then that's probably where he's going. But banking on that situation, um, them signing Jason Veritek long term and getting him on the field more, I think. I think they really want to test this out. Him being more hands on and having an understanding of what he can do. And I think Tom Borowski wants to see what he can do without having this distress of obviously being the manager. Um, they're sticking by John Farrell for some idiotic reason. Um, that being said, I think they're, this is almost like a tryout without having to be the manager. You know, like how can he handle every position besides the catcher? Um, because obviously we know he's going to be good with the catchers. That's probably primarily why he's here to help. But he's going to be able to have say in other positions. How can he help the entire team. How can he help a positional player that he never played before? How can he, you know? What I mean, how can he help offensively and help people hit the ball better? He, that's all going to happen. And I think there's almost like a mini tryout behind the scenes type thing.
1: Yeah, Jared. Usually, I think you're full of crap. And I disagree with everything you say, but I think you're actually right on with this. I think you're Let's completely go. right.
0: Oh, yeah. Ding ding!
1: I, I win. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think you're. I think right. Hal's frozen over. <laughs> no, it's a good point. It, was, it made a perfect sense that it's kind of like a tryout. See if he's. See if he can do this and see if he's good with all the players because how great would that be to have one of the better Red Sox players in recent history be the manager of the team? Concerning with, like, you know, what if they don't do well and then the fans are all over him? We don't want fans' allegiances to switch over onto the bad side for Veritech. That would be terrible, but hopefully that wouldn't happen. But yeah, totally. I think it's. Well,
0: in this situation too, Jesse, I don't think it's going to. Nothing's bad that's going to be pointed towards him because he's not the manager. So if anything goes wrong. This is if, if something goes wrong, he's not in the, the light, John Farrell is. So this is perfect because he can give his input, give his two cents, really get a feel for it without having any of the negativity that comes your way with being a manager in this city, a la John Farrell.
1: Right. Well, what I'm saying is what if he becomes the manager at some point and then then people start getting oh, well, oh, yeah. it. Okay, but that
0: just comes with being a manager. But do you, do you guys think he'll get slack as a manager because of if he's here because of what he did here as a player?
1: That's a good question. That's a really good question. I want to say no, but, like, Red Sox fans are so brutal that they might just turn on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jess, you nailed it with that. I mean, <laughs> we're so quick to turn on people, and no matter who they are, I mean, I don't know. That's a really, really good question.
1: It is, because, like, people liked Farrell as a pitching coach, and then right as they stopped having— and then he won a World Series, and then right actually <laughs> stopped having success, everyone's like, yeah, screw this guy. <laughs> could be the same. could be the same thing, which would be sad, but
0: it could happen. Yeah, so that the, I, I look at it as it's a trial period. I think that is, if everything goes right and he seems to be okay, then I think they're going to peg him as your next manager if Levulo does leave. I think they're, they're setting themselves up for success if the situation happens where Levulo's not there. I think Levulo's ultimately their guy. If he's willing to wait and doesn't want to leave, I think that's who they want. But this is not – and worst-case scenario here for them – Veritec stays helps out. You get Lavulo, and he's still more hands-on. Eventually, comes on maybe on the staff or something like that. So, is, I think is overall, Veritek
1: manager type though. Like I'm trying, to sitting here thinking about his personality, and like he was always a very quiet guy. He always was, you know, he always kind of talked kind of quietly in his interviews. Like, is he a manager type?
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: I'm I mean, not so G- sure.
0: G- it's not like Giardi's that loud in True. New York. He's like, you know, it's he led by example. I think like Veritec led by example. um Obviously, yeah. he's aggressive. He he looks after his teammates a lot, punching A Rod in the face. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think I think he'd be a good manager. I think he has the personality for, it, and he always leads like, leads by example, and that's what you want in your manager for sure.
1: Yeah, so it's hard to picture him being a manager because you're so used to thinking of him as players. So, I just like sitting here thinking about him, like in the dugout, like doing interviews every game before every game, I'm having a little trouble picturing it. But I guess it could work out.
2: I mean, I don't have a lot of trouble picturing it. Maybe it's just because I just always thought of him even before he retired. I'm like, oh, he's going to be manager someday. But hmm. just with the team naming him captain and just the way he calls games and just leads the team, I, I can totally see him being a manager.
1: Wait, Lauren, are your allegiances swaying from John Farrell to Jason Barry?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, are you becoming love convinced it. here?
1: Yeah, <laughs> love it. That is Jess, we're doing not our job.
2: what I said. But That's what we said you said, though. If it comes down to it, we need to get rid of Farrell, which I will admit, when it's time to get rid of him. So
0: you you haven't done that yet, so I know you're wrong, because it's already his time to get rid of him.
2: It's it's not. That's your opinion. So my opinion is not wrong. <laughs> I just think differently. Yes.
0: Uh, Love this fight. Oh god, that's great. You're always gonna no, get a fight. Mean... You're always gonna get a fight, Jess, if you bring up John Farrell around me. You know that. <laughs> I
1: know.
2: <laughs>
1: no, Laura, you didn't say that he that you're going away from Farrell. It just seemed like you were getting excited about the prospect of Veritek being the manager, which, you know, means that John Farrell wouldn't be. So I was just asking.
2: No, I mean, it's definitely exciting to, to think that and to think of him as a manager. Um, whether it's with the Red Sox or not, I mean, I think he'd stay loyal to the Red Sox. Um,
1: oh, he can't go anywhere else? Forget no,
2: that. I, I, don't think he, I don't think he would. But <laughs> it's definitely exciting to think that. But just because it's exciting to think about doesn't mean it's a good idea. But I can... I can definitely see him being being a manager, but we'll see how Farrell does next year. And, you know, just much like this year, I think he's going to be on a hot seat. So we'll see.
1: So the manager after winning 93 games is on the hot seat. That's so ridiculous.
0: It's going to happen, hot, but it's he stupid. Is, he, he is on the hot seat.
2: He already is, for
1: stupid. sure. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid.
0: Okay, we're going to move on, because I could talk two more hours about why he should be the manager. Um other MLB news. Before we get to the ones we plan on, because I actually want—I have a question for you guys too. That I'm curious of what you guys think. Alex Rodriguez. Um, we all hate him as a, we all hate him as a player. We really do. But I'm curious of what you guys think of him as an analyst because I think he's phenomenal. He knows his game. He knows the stuff. I think him and Frank Thomas and Pete Rose have been phenomenal for that Fox broadcast.
2: Yeah, you know, I do. I love when they have former players as analysts because when you have somebody who's played the game they obviously know what they're talking about do i hate that it's a rod of course i do but i mean i don't i don't mind him i get annoyed with his voice and i don't know if just just because he's a rod or or what but no i mean he's done a fine job i don't have any problem with it he's much better than listening to joe buck so i'll take it
1: not just kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, it's much better than listening to Joe Buck. That's true. Anybody's better than listening to Joe Buck. I rather listen to an animal than Joe Buck. Um, <laughs> you, guys are te- you guys are terrible. Joe Buck is the worst. I'm enjoying having the game on mute right now. Actually, speaking of that, I know. I was just thinking
2: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to A Rod. A Rod. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't want to give the guy any credit. Um,
0: Oh, come on, guys. He's been good. He knows his stuff.
1: He was always a good speaker, which always seemed like totally fake because I was like, oh, he's all proper. He's like, oh, let me really think about what I'm saying. Let me move my mouth and let me make sure I'm all perfect looking because I want to say all these perfect words to make up for how crabby of a person I am. Gross. I don't don't want to talk about him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm making you talk about him.
1: He's... I don't want people to forget how scummy of a person he is because he's decent at talking and knows baseball. Of course he knows baseball. Why wouldn't he know baseball? I mean, he, some people
0: know how, some, some people are stupid just not to hit a baseball.
1: <sighs> Guys, I just, I just you, don't want. You to just play. hate a rod. No. You, you just hate a rod. People are forgetting way too quickly about how terrible a person he is. I don't care what he says.
2: Oh, he's a horrible person. He's a. He's <laughs> a... I didn't say <laughs> he was a like, liar. I... He's a... He's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a scumbag. Like he's just—he's a crappy person. Yes, and I don't like giving him credit. It makes my bones cringe. But, but... I said he did a but... fine <laughs> job. But that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to give him any more credit than he deserves. Yes, you know I did start him this
0: conversation
2: with—you
0: know what? I, I understand you all hate him on the field, but off the field, he's good. I started with that. I know he sucks on the field. I know yeah, he's He could be, he,
2: he be the greatest analyst I've ever heard. He's still a crappy person. Doesn't take away. Never said well, he wasn't. He the, well, right, but it doesn't take away what he take, took away from the game of baseball. I mean, he's still... Yeah. Oh, well, I, I take him over Joe Buck, and that's where I'm going to leave my argument.
1: And that's, not very, <laughs> that's not very high praise. Are you going to teach
0: but, A-Rod to yeah. do play-by-play now?
1: Ugh, God. Awful. No. No play-by-play for him. Uh, oh, no, it's, he's. Good. Yeah, it, it, like... I don't care if we're talking about like off the field. Like the stuff he did was off the field. He took steroids off the field and then brought them onto the field. Like he's done this stuff off the field. So it's not like oh he did something in baseball. He you know he he punched someone in the field or whatever. You know like, uh, you know, like he did this stuff f- off. the field. What was that Steroid. voice? <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. I was trying to get the words out. Something <laughs> <laughs> fun of me, man. Uh, you got me all hyped up with this Arod crap. I yeah, knew. I, w- I knew it would. He's such a dirtbag. I didn't take any steroids. Oh, wait, I've been taking steroids on the side every day of the entire season and getting away with it. Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say a word about this guy. Yes, better than Aero. Better than a- Better than Joe Buck. End of story. That's all I'm saying.
0: Okay, I'll be nice and we can move on. Um, so, before we get to something that ties to Boston, um, obviously, we all were shocked by Jose Fernandez's death. Um, in the boating accident, but the autopsy came out and it says that Jose Fernandez was twice the legal limit, no shocker there. Um, and, but the surprising one is he had cocaine in his system. Guys, I don't know about you, but that actually did shock me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think deep down all of us knew there was going to be drugs and or alcohol involved. Um, but I am a little shocked. That there was cocaine in his system. Um, It's always not a drug that we hear too too many of the players, you know, getting tested for. Even many coming out saying they've done it or whatever. But and it's just such a sad story all around. Regardless, and regardless if Fernandez was sober that night and he still went on that boat, he still would probably be dead. um, Regardless of his sobriety or not. But it's we all know like players go out they drink they have a good time um but jess and i kind of talked about this like a lot of the players turned down his invitation to go on the boat and you know that kind of makes me wonder if the teammates knew what he was doing or if they just didn't want to go just because they had a game and they were being responsible and it's regardless of what was in his system it's still just the worst outcome that could have happened
0: also to that sense too what you said lauren People say no because they did have a game the next day. Um the fact that he's a pitcher makes the difference. He only pitches once every five days. So inviting teammates, most likely they're gonna say no because they know they have to be ready to play the next day. He doesn't. You know? He could go hung over to a game that he's not playing because he doesn't have to be on the mound. So that's what my kind of, I,
1: what kind of leadership role is that showing? I mean, <laughs> didn't say there was
0: it. didn't say it was anything. I'm just giving yeah. you a point of reason why those guys might say no because they're going to play every day. He's not playing every day.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of problems with a lot of things in this. Yeah, first day of the game, the next day, like that's horrible decision-making in the first place. Opposing what you said, Lauren, I don't think he would have gotten the boat if he was in the right state of mind because what kind of idiot goes on a boat in the middle of the night with no lights? That's just dumb. <laughs> so that's my second problem. Is what, Did you think that something good was going to happen by going out in the middle of the night? Drunk or not, or coked out or anything at that time of night, that's just irresponsible and pretty much just dumb. Unfortunately, yeah, I hate to be saying this about someone who's dead, but like, even if he was still alive, I'd still be saying the same thing because it's foolish. So, those two things are wrong. Um, and then just adding the alcohol and cocaine in it—it's like it's during the season. Like, what? Do you, I don't. I don't get the mindset. I mean, I don't understand doing that stuff in the first place because I don't. But just seeing that that happened and just what happened because of it and seeing how much stuff happens to people when they get have too much alcohol or too much whatever you know it's it's always bad stuff so it's just like I don't know it's, it's a shame and it's a shame you know that we hear it now because like it or not people's perceptions are going to change about him a lot more people are going to say well he deserved it because of what he did whether he deserved it or not I'm not going to say that but people are going to say that and it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's such a nice guy, so great. They see this, they're going to completely change their opinion. It's going to happen. It's bound to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's unfortunate. You know, he's we obviously know how much talent this guy had, and he had a, such a promising career ahead of him. And, you know, it makes you wonder whether he was like addicted to cocaine or if he had any kind of alcohol problem. And, it, like you said, Jess, it's, it's really going to change people's opinions of him, which... Like you said, it's unfortunate, but that's what happens when you're supposed to be a role model for kids and when people look up to you as you know, a role model, a hero, whatever, and then this comes out, it's kind of like everything just is, does a complete 180.
0: And I, I just think that um, it's not going to tarnish his legacy as a pitcher for, by any means. Um, I think what he did for the game, obviously besides this incident and what he did as a pitcher, was is going to probably be the long-term what he is seen as a person, as a player, whatever, but this definitely tarnishes something short-term, um, but I think it's going to be forgotten. I think people are going to look past it uh, just because of what he did on the field and who he was as a person as a whole.
1: But it's a shame because then when they finish talking about him, they're going to be like, oh yeah, and he died at 24, and why? And then they're going to talk about why again. Unfortunately, yeah, no,
0: oh I know, but um, it's going to be a back-burner thing. I don't think it's going to be a headline thing, so um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But, um, also reports out of Toronto that uh, Jose Bautista will turn down his qualifying offer from the, from the Blue Jays. Um, what does this mean, guys? Does this mean that he's leaving? Does this mean that he just wants a bigger contract? Uh, will the Blue Jays pay him? Do you want him in Boston? Go.
2: <laughs> wow, that's a lot of questions. Um, Answer
0: them all right now. Rapid fire.
2: I mean, if he's, if he's going to turn down the offer, I do, I do see the Blue Jays you know, kind of counter-offering him. I think deep down he wants to stay in Toronto. He's been there for a while. Fans love him. Do I want him in Boston? I mean, I love the guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him, but, you know, I would see him as the DH. And not when we have plenty of outfielders. So, I don't know. I mean, I I love, like I said, I love the guy. I love him as a player. I love what he's done. still love that bat flip he did last year. Oh, got but, me going. I, I love that, but... And, that, and I like that kind of attitude that he brings to the team, but I my heart tells me he's going to stay end up in Toronto one way or another.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff that says he's interested in the Red Sox, so that's interesting, especially with what happened. But do I want him? Not really. You know, I feel like he's in the downswing. He's 36 years old. He only had 22 homers last year. I know it's only, but... You know, compared to what he did those several years before that it's significantly less. I know he played less games, hundred and sixteen games. Not a ton less, but enough less. Yeah. But only sixty nine RBI, two thirty four average. I don't know. I feel like he's gonna start going downhill because of his age. Not everyone's David Ortiz. In fact, nobody's <laughs> David Ortiz. So I don't see him like having a double his production from this year four years from now. So I don't really know if I want him. I might We'll rather just bypass that and see other people in Boston. I think I'm going to go against that.
0: I think I'd rather end Canarcion if I had to choose um, because I think he just fits better what you need, even, too. seems um, more of an
1: impact player, too.
0: Well, yeah, I think he's not on the downswing, like you're saying, just with Bautista, um, but also he just fits what you need more. You know, um, Logistically, it makes sense. Canarsione comes, plays first base, Hanley goes to DH, Pablo Sandoval is probably your third baseman next year. It just makes more sense than Bautista coming in here and... Taking up an outfield spot, you know we have our outfield. So I think even as much as Batista on the downslide, even if he wasn't, it just makes more sense to try to get Encarnacion than it does to get Batista.
1: Yeah, I mean they're like the same age, but I just I feel like Encarnacion is. I don't know. I have this weird feeling about Batista. I just feel like he's not a team player, and he's got like an attitude problem. Maybe I'm making this stuff up. I just feel like he's not the answer. And yeah, I mean he's three years older than Encarnacion, so he's bound to go downhill quicker. And I don't know, and just seems like more of like a team player. I could be totally full of crap. I'm kind of just making this up, but it's just you you usually I'm you full
0: of crap, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, I already said you were too. So <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I just I could be making that up, but I feel like I feel like that's what the sense I get from watching them.
0: Yeah, I, I think that. Um... I'd rather Encarnacion. I, I, honestly, I agree with you, Jess. Um, I think there's something, to Bautista, that you might not want here, especially with the young kids and what you have going right now. Um, I don't think you want that. I think Encarnacion would be the right guy because he brings that impact. Plus, on top of that, he gets along with David Ortiz really well, so you know he's that kind of personality to come right in here. And it's really hard to say that. Um, but I also think, too, that we're going to use David Ortiz as a benchmark to figure out guys who are going to fit in here. Who are, who's friends with David Ortiz? Okay he's probably going to be okay here because he has that same personality. You know, um, David Ortiz is going to have an impact on this team past being on this team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think just, well, I mean, he's kind of, I mean, everyone's kind of friends with David Ortiz, but like taking it to the next step of like good friends.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which
1: I guess I meant, yeah. is, yeah. So, yeah, it is a good benchmark to figure out who would work in Boston because, I mean, obviously no guarantees that they would just because of their personality, but it's got to help because you gotta have a certain personality to be here as we know
2: yeah i think personality is everything and like we talked about earlier make one bad move and we will turn against you so quick here
1: yeah i feel like batista'd be a really easy guy to turn against too i don't don't know i just don't really like the guy i don't know why (laughs) you've got something against him right now don't you
2: yeah the thing is like i mean i really love the guy but i don't i don't know if it's that i don't want him here i don't think he'd be a good fit and like I said i love like the attitude that he has that he brings to the team but i feel like that could he it could turn so negative so quick and i can totally see like a like a was it manny and Euclid all those years ago kind of got into that brawl in the dugout i can kind of see that happening with him so <laughs> I, I don't like, know i feel like,
1: I mean, like is a whiner i don't know
2: it's just there's something about him
0: yeah no i don't think i want him either i, I think you're right um I, I don't know. I think long-term, I think currency is the better deal. But we'll have to f- obviously wait and see and figure out what the hell happens with that. Um, one more Just fun note.
1: to retire. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Just let him go. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to get paid by Toronto anyway. So, um, One other small tidbit, fun fact, and I have to bring it up because he's mine and Lauren's older binky. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. is going to be on the cover of MLB 17, the show. And I love that that's happening. It's just so great. And the caption that I saw when I first saw it, Lauren, was, The kid is back, and it just got me. It got me going.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I instantly thought of you when I saw that they had announced that. Um, I think it's a pretty cool touch. I like the idea of it. And, you know, if they're if you're going off, like, the Madden cover curse, um, I'm glad that it's Ken Griffey on there, and he can't really get hurt. So I'm good with that. <laughs>
1: Isn't it kind of weird to have someone on the cover seven years after they retire? Is that, like, normal? Yeah, I, don't I mean...
2: Think that, when is the last time they did something like that? Like, I don't... I mean, I have a lot of the MLB games. I'll take them out right now, but I don't think...
0: Baseball hasn't done it. Basketball's done it. Like, 2K's had Jordan on a couple times, um, and older guys like that. And I know Madden had, like, an older edition for some... Like, Barry Sanders or something like that. I don't know. Um, it's happened before. Maybe it's not in baseball. But. I say it's
1: time to move on from the guy. Why don't you put a player who's actually in the league?
0: Oh, so Nothing, happy. Against,
1: nothing against Ken Griffey Jr. I know. That no, you just going you just great. you
0: just, you just said everything about Ken Griffey Jr. that I believe in. You don't believe in him. You don't like him. I get it. It's fine. No hurt feelings.
1: No, we're not talking about Jose Batesi here. We're talking about Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's fine. It seems a little strange, but good for him. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Good, good, good job, Ken Griffey Jr. Um. Of course, this show was brought to you by our good friends at Blue Apron and Audible. Um, for Blue Apron side, don't forget to go to uh, blueapron.com backslash Red Sox beat to get your first three meals for free again, free shipping. Check out the menu, it's good stuff. Um, you, you, you'll definitely not regret it going on there and getting those meals and checking it out. Um, don't forget to find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is Red Sox beat podcast. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes as well. We love the support, we love the uh, following, we're always looking to grow, of course. So. For Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Uh, My name is Jared Scali, and we will talk to you next week.